I know that there's a lot going on in my mind, which means that there has to be a lot going on in somebody else's mind, too. Mm-hmm. And, and my goal in, in these relationships is to truly get to know everything about this person because that's what's interesting to me. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Sweet Madness Podcast. I am Amanda Montoni, and today we are talking about relationships and or dating, being single. And here with me, I have a guest. His name is Dun Dun Dun. Julio. <laughs> hey, Julio. So, um, what is your full name, Julio? Uh, my name is Julio Uyoa Jr. And you're, you're a junior. Yeah, yeah. My father is also Julio Uyoa. So, talking um, relationships and dating and everything, we both have been kind of in like the same boat for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. Single and ready to mingle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever's around that. <laughs> whatever's around that. Um, so with your experience, what would you say has been the most difficult thing about meeting new people, specifically to date uh, in a romantic way? I guess, uh, well, the pandemic, obviously, was mm-hmm. like uh, my relation. My last relationship ended, you know, like senior year of college. And then, you know, after post-college, it's hard meeting people already. And then the pandemic just kind of, like, changed everybody's idea of being social, made a lot of people more enclosed. And after that, you know, you're, you get so busy and your your priorities start to get, um, I don't know, prioritized. I don't know if you heard that pitter-patter. <laughs> that pitter-patter was my cat running across the apartment floor. Yeah, your priorities change. Mm-hmm. You, you become an adult after college. Yep. You know, you have to try to, like, you know, live on your own and be an actual person. Yeah. I, I, in society. <laughs> in, in a way, it's, it's nice being single in that time, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not, it would be nice to have the support of that, but also, like, learning how to navigate that on your own is, you know, somehow an advantage at this point in the game, for me at least. So, Julio, to give our, to give our listeners a little bit of who you are and how you got on this podcast, Julio is one of my best friends. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... Julio actually studied music in college, and what happened after college? Where have you gone? <laughs> yeah, no, I um, so I studied music in college uh, and in high school, uh, classically trained. Uh, Post college, I, I, I you know threw my hat in the professional ring. I did some local stuff. And then uh, post-pandemic, after live theater started opening back up, uh, I went to a regional theater in Indiana for a few months, uh, did a few shows there. Then uh, I worked with another opera company that I worked with in the past in, in, in Texas. I had also gotten a longer term. The bigger one, the most recent one, was a longer term contract in Mexico, which was actually kind of, you know, the more life-changing adult experiences I've had, honestly. I don't I don't talk about it as much as I feel like I should because I feel like it's, you know, it's, it gets old. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. Uh, and, and that's, um, that's the last I've done before I, I started going uh, back to school. So, uh, so what were some of the favorite roles that you played in these different companies? Like, uh, what musicals did you do in Indiana, Texas, Mexico? Uh, what did you do in Mexico? Yeah, so I would say Joanna's number one role that I've played these you past few years. You played Joanna? Joanna, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. 
That's a song I sang. Um, I was Anthony in Trinity Todd, and uh, and that's to, that to me was one of the most. I, I connected to it like, a lot, mm. especially in this um, self evaluation that I've been doing, as, being single and dating and everything, and looking at Anthony's plight for Joanna and how Anthony is viewing the world, this ugly world that we're that, that's being painted for the audience, and how Anthony is this somehow like last bit of hope, you know, shining throughout he, that, you know what I mean? I was going to say, he's like the light in, exactly. he's the light in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I just really, uh, that, that role I really connected a lot with. I would say Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, I played Jayon, I was mainly in the ensemble, but that was my first, not my first professional contract uh, gig, but that was the first one that I actually counted, the first one that I traveled for, and that show alone, I, I, disconnect with on such a deep level <laughs> that I, I think that I would say Hunchback and, and Joanna uh, uh, wow and, and Sweeney Todd were the two shows that you got really, Joanna on the brain huh yeah yeah Mexi- Mexico <laughs> was a lot of was a lot of music and a lot of fun but it was more it, it wasn't an actual there were no actual like um, book shows they were like um, shows that belonged to the entertainment company oh uh, gotcha and a lot of pop songs so what were your favorite songs in Sweeney Todd Besides Joanna, like, what songs do you just genuinely love from that musical? Sweeney Todd has, I think, three versions of Joanna in it. Uh, And one of them is a quintet. And the quintet is, to me, a beautiful piece of music. Um, And it's just also very important story-wise. But I just get goosebumps whenever I listen to it, so I love it. He's very um, emotional talking yeah. about this right now. I can see him like uh, his his I'm, he doesn't know where to where to let his emotions out. Yeah, it's just <laughs> all coming into me at once. It's a rush of emotion. Uh, there's there's that that's my favorite. There's also the final goodbye that Anthony gives Joanna before they meet at the end, of course, where you know, he's basically like it's a, it's like a it's like a he's saying I love you even though we never had our chance kind of thing. He saves her, but he you know he doesn't even know if they're they're gonna make it out alive kind of thing. It was my first time playing a romantic lead, mm-hmm. and I and I and it was nice to be able to put those parts of myself into a character. That one scene was the first time that I felt the sadness of Antony, and the first time that Antony kind of let himself be sad uh, mm-hmm. in that, and and I feel like. I connect to that, to that on a deeper level because I kind of, when you're single, you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. There's phases to it, you know? There's the, mm-hmm. the, the phase in the beginning where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to just get it back out there. We're going to get over this, but get ourselves back on our feet and whatever. You, you have your own interactions with, with, with people. You get to a point where you realize you're toxic. Then you take yourself off the market a little bit. You do your wellness. You, you do your self-love and you do all that stuff. At some point, you put yourself back on the market, back out there. And it's all about trying and trying. And exactly. Trying and, and, and for me, there's a lot of people that give up on it. And for me, I would rather keep on trying and keep on getting hurt than just give up on it because just 100% being a human and, and, and feeling that's part of the, the I guess, I don't, not fun, but it's part of the experience. It's part know? of the sweet madness of life, guys. The sweet madness. <laughs> It's now a beautiful mess. Ma- <laughs> it's a beautiful mess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like that, that tying it back to this scene and Sweeney mm-hmm. uh, Todd, I think that Antony spent this whole, whole play from the moment he comes in talking about how much he loves London. He meets Joanna, how much he loves Joanna. And then that was the first time where it was there was no like drive for him to continue left. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was. 
it was him letting himself feel, which I think is very important for any romantic lead. You know what I mean? Yes. I connect to that character a lot, obviously. Would would you say that? Would you say that playing Antony? I mean, you said it it helped you connect to yourself and everything, but did it did it sort of change your perspective on dating? Do do you think it was maybe a pivotal point in your in your mindset honestly, with dating? Honestly, I, I would. And I wouldn't say just the show. I would say my experience doing the show. For the viewers at home that don't know, I've been on my wellness journey. I've been, uh, you know, exercising a lot more frequently than I used to. I've been, you know, doing all that good stuff. And that was a period of time where I didn't have the confidence. I had been, uh, I, I had not been performing professionally for, for quite a few months at that point. Uh, and I, I, I didn't, I lacked a lot of confidence and that show gave me a lot of that confidence back, ex- especially because for the first time I felt like, uh, physically I, I felt like I could play a romantic lead and I could be cast as one and I was cast as one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a whole process, you know, uh, getting comfortable in the role and everything, getting comfortable in myself. And afterwards, you, they say confidence is key in the dating world and it really is, you know what I mean? It just... It's a confidence of you know I'm, of being able to put yourself out there and getting back up. You know what I mean. And it's not mm-hmm. that you have to like always it's, believe in yourself. It's but. confidence paired with spirit, mm-hmm. strength, inner strength, not physical strength, and the willingness to be yourself and see yourself as worthy. Yeah, that's what I think a lot of people don't really touch upon with confidence with dating. Like, guys, I have dated so many guys out there that are subject to toxic masculinity. Like, I have to be confident. So what they do is they think, oh, confidence is I have to act like a macho man and I have to be this image of a man that society sort of put on. And they're not true to themselves and they're not actually letting themselves feel. And what I've noticed is that people value people who are themselves and are willing to let themselves be vulnerable. Vulnerability is strength. Vulnerability Mm -hmm. is confidence. It's hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to be vulnerable because we're all taught that vulnerability is a weakness. When me and numerous women, like my friends, and you know, other friends like, like you, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a weakness. It's the strongest thing you can be in this world. And I feel like a, that might be like a point that we don't touch upon a lot in the dating world, you know, and the ability to just let yourself feel, feel, if you don't feel, if you don't let yourself feel, you end up bottling that stuff up and then you're just feeling more and then you're just pushing it more down and yeah. then you're feeling more and then you're going to explode and that's not healthy. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's managing your emotions and then there's not getting ahead of yourself and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that there's too much pressure that people put on themselves to mold themselves to the perfect idea for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm very guilty of that myself. Me too. And I think that self-acceptance, as you were saying, is is super important. And for me, it was very important. And in that time, seeing myself in Antony kind of like started a chain reaction within myself of constantly seeing 
looking for myself in, in others, in other media, in, in, um, the plays I've been seeing the, that, that's why like any play I see now, like I'm finding myself crying more often than not because, Mm -hmm. you know, I just see parts of myself in my life that I haven't quite explored yet that now I realize I have to. And, and the more you allow yourself to feel, the more you accept yourself as you are, the more you start to learn about yourself. Warts and and all, not just the good things about you, the bad things. You got to accept and embrace the things you don't like about yourself exactly because yeah. i mean the things that things a lot of fact is there's a lot of things about yourself that you may not like um uh, you may not like the way you treat people you may not like your temper you may not like uh the the way you act how jealous you get in a relationship the These way you things, look the way you look yeah mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that you could work on you know what i mean and and you know the first step to working on it is accepting it as a part of yourself mm-hmm. and this thing that that I'm going to grab this and I'm going to polish it and I'm going to work on it and I'm going to show it some care mm-hmm. and then present it to the world again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it's accepting yourself is also accepting that yourself is going to change soon. You know what I mean? And, and you, you need to be the driving motion to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh. That's what also I feel like people don't realize every day is that every day we are changing Mm -hmm. every day we are either growing or retreating um and when you were talking about in terms of like things you don't like yourself like personally i'm gonna get personal here for a second personally for me i never liked the fact that i was overweight i still am technically i never liked you know my body and the way it looked because i was And like all women, we are told that beauty is skinny and, you know, you have to look a certain way to actually attract men. So I never believed in myself because of my weight. And yes, I lost weight, but not for vanity reasons, for health reasons. Like my cholesterol was really high. I was pre-diabetic. I did it for myself. And once that mindset shift happened... I love my belly. (laughs) I like my pudge. (laughs) I love, I love my belly. And yes, I still get self-conscious about it sometimes, but you know, um, it, it, I embrace it and I love it. And, and part of it's part of me. And, you know, I'm really struggling with losing those last 10 pounds. Like, I, my goal, I'm 10 I pounds away from my, from my goal, <laughs> and I cannot lose it. But I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at my past of, like, guys that I've dated. I was different weights with every single one of those men. They all still wanted to date me. So why am I beating myself up about this? Yeah. Luckily, no man has ever, like, criticized me for, for how I look or my weight or, or stuff like that. But I, I'm like, why am I putting this pressure on myself to be the spitting image of the perfect woman? Like I say in a lot of things, perfection does not exist. There's always going to be someone out there to point out a flaw. And if you if you meet someone who points out a flaw, I would say maybe take it and analyze it for a second. Is it a flaw they're pointing out to be mean or is it and making it up? 
or just like, you know, doing a dig at you? Or is it a serious flaw that maybe you might have to work on? Yeah. Don't let things eat you up. Right. But like exactly. take things into consideration. There's yeah. some things you might not be seeing. Right. And you know, it depends upon the personality of the person you're dating and all of yeah. that. But if someone does that just to spite you, then leave. <laughs> Don't stay just for the sake of just for the sake that you can say that you're dating someone. That is also a thing, too. Like, I feel like nowadays people don't actually want to connect with each other. And you know me. I'm not one for small talk. I feel like small talk is forced. Yeah. <laughs> and even though I am great at small talk in, like, big parties, and I'm usually the one going out and socializing, but, like, when I meet someone... I want to know their life story. Like, tell me everything. Like, warts and all. Yeah, like, let's cut I to will, the chase at this point. Yeah, let's it's cut. It's been long enough. <laughs> yeah, let's cut to the chase. Or, like, hey, I want to be like, you can be yourself with me. I want to know. And if you want my help, great. But if you expect, this is also another thing, too. Don't expect me to fix you. Yeah. That's that's a thing I'll that I've gone through. I'll be there for you. I'll be and there I'll for you. I'll accept you. But I, I can't. I can't fix yeah. you. You have to do that yourself. And, yeah, I feel like nowadays, like, the guys that, you know, I try to date, I say the word try because it doesn't work out, I want to know their life story, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just that kind of person, you know? I want to know everything about you. I want to know, um, I'm saying you, like, there's someone out there listening. Uh, <laughs> like, there's a man out there listening. Um, you know, I want to know everything about this potential partner because I'm looking for a friend first and foremost and romantic partner second. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for someone who treats me as a fellow human being. And, you know, I took a I, – I actually am not on the apps, like, right now, but when I was, it was very, very difficult for me. And I was seeing that, you know – it was just right to the expecting romantic relationship stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. like, no, like, we can chill as human beings well, and that's friends. The problem. There's this yeah. Big, there's this big, uh, and the terminology I think is that people use is like dating to marry or dating to right. whatever. Like, I think that there's this big pressure that, I, that I've run into myself, but that I, I see a lot is that to be like, oh, like, we're going on, we're going on a date right now. Uh, what are we going to do here? Are you into me on, after the first date? Because after the first date, you're supposed to know already if this is the love of your life. You don't know and after that's the first date. I, I, at this point in, in, of, my, of my single life, uh, or my most recent single life, have just put an emphasis more on making, making connections with people mm -hmm. rather than looking at it as, oh, I want to date this person to go out with them. You know what I mean? Because what I find is that when I focus on making connections with people and actually like feeling with with somebody else it, it just it almost feels so much more intimate mm -hmm. and if you get to that point of a relationship with somebody after feeling that intimacy at such an early stage already i mean yeah you got to be careful with honeymooning and all that stuff but like right. i yeah. just feel like i feel that i just feel like <laughs> that just makes somebody so much more ready to so or at least for me it's so much more sure of like yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to give this person my time. Yes, I do see something in this person that I want to keep around and keep, like, closer to me, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm 30 years old, so, like, for me, the goal is to find a life partner. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Now, 
when I go on a first date, like, I'll ask, like, the deep questions and stuff, but I won't put everything on the line on that first date, especially if you've never met the person before. Mm-hmm. It's a different situation if it's a person you've known for a while as, like, an acquaintance or friend and yeah. then start dating. That's a whole different scenario. But if it's, like, a person you just met on an app and you're going out for coffee and then you're like, okay, how many kids do you want? Or what is your views on this? Uh, nope, I don't want that. Yeah. You are not going to find... I think people put this pressure on... Fi- especially... I feel like women do this because we're taught to do this. Put the pressure... Hello, the patriarchy. Um, (laughs) We're taught to put this pressure on ourselves to find, like, the perfect husband right away. We were fed ourselves... We were fed lies with romance... (laughs) With romantic movies and comedies. Yeah. And the things that we, we... We don't realize that, hey, every human being has their problems. Yeah, and every human being has different views on things. Those unfair expectations do go both ways. Yeah, yes, they definitely do. They definitely do. And I sound very frustrated and emotional because I am frustrated and emotional about this stuff because I know it's possible out there to find someone who can be friend and romantic partner. The thing that make friendships work is the same thing that will make romantic relationships work. Listening and perspective and the willingness to change your mindset. Yeah. That's what it is. If you have friends like me and you, like we don't agree on everything. No. We still respect each other even though we don't agree on everything. And we're still friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. Like, like, no, a close friend of mine and I, we, we take trips together sometimes mm-hmm. and... You know, like the first few trips, it's kind of like you. You're you want to be respectful, behavior. yeah. You're, you're on your best behavior. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to like mess up the friendship and nothing. Blah 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 blah. The last trip we went on, there was a point where I couldn't hold it anymore. But I didn't, I didn't say anything. I wanted to be respectful, but it was clear Julio was not happy. <laughs> so you know, it, it led to, and thankfully, my friend uh, felt comfortable enough with me to bring it up to me and mm-hmm. and you know I, I, and obviously like with those kind of things it's better to be upfront and honest and everything mm-hmm. and sometimes I need that like push to be able to open up about it mm-hmm. but obviously like when he brought it up I was open about talking about it and I, and it was hard and it was vulnerable mm-hmm. but we were just all the better for it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I was like, going to ask you, it, are it you was, stronger now? Oh yeah, no. Yeah. It, the rest of the trip went way, way smoother mm-hmm. and the... Even in our own friendship, like, like there are moments where we feel comfortable to draw our lines, you know, like mm-hmm. where him and I may not agree on like the way we c- conduct our lifestyles, you know what I mean? And we might not agree on certain like, like different perspectives. I think that we feel more comfortable to be more able to say, I don't agree with you, mm-hmm. but respect, you know? Yeah, you can be completely different people and like different things and still respect the other person and their likes and dislikes and their viewpoints. Um, I also feel people make a list of what they want in another, in a partner. And it's basically a list of all the qualities that they like about themselves. And why would you want to date yourself? (laughs) If you want to date yourself, I'm a little concerned you're narcissistic. Yeah. But, like, it shows lack of, of being course, open-minded. Of course. Situationally, I, yeah. Yeah, but of course, like, I do, I do 
when it comes down to values, that's important that you're on the same page are, especially if you're going to start a family or you intend to start a family with someone. Your values are very important. They have to be aligned. But you don't want to date a carbon copy of yourself. What the hell are you going to talk about? <laughs> it's not interesting. It's not interesting at all. And I don't I don't under I don't understand why like women are like, "Oh, he doesn't like this." Oh no. I'm not going to date him. Like, girl, <laughs> that's not a red flag. That's you being picky. Yeah. Like like I will I will sit here and I will criticize men, women, um people alike yeah. because what it comes down to is your your respect for other people and how you treat other human beings. Mm-hmm. I want someone who is kind. I want someone who makes me laugh cuz I am too serious most of the time. That's the thing about yeah. me. Like people are like, but you laugh all the time. I'm like, I don't laugh because things are funny. I laugh because it's a defense mechanism. I laugh because it's nervous laughter. I laugh and I smile because I need to because I'm so serious in my head. Yeah. Um, I feel like throughout the years, I've I, I've felt not like people were like pushing me to, but I found myself hiding my emotions more and more and like trying to present myself as more emotionless because. I don't want to be too much for people or, or I don't want people to, to see my, my, like what I'm actually feeling or whatever, whatever the reason is in whatever moment. But in general, I feel like that's kind of hindered me a lot. And that's why right now I've been pushing myself to be around the people that encourage me to, mm-hmm. to, to be my true self. And, you know, obviously I'll, find, I'll get my moments where I'm like, I might be a little annoying right now, <laughs> but I think that at the end of the day, like... You know, mm-hmm. back to being who you are and everything. Yeah, no, if it, I honestly think if someone says you're too much, you're not too much. You're just not their cup of tea. Yeah. And there, again, I have to remind myself this all the time. There are plenty of fish, fish in the sea. My romantic life is the one aspect of my life that I don't have a grasp on and that I feel like I've been unlucky. Back then, I used to be like, oh, it's because of this. Or, like, I would play the victim. Mm-hmm. No. After, like, therapy and, like, actually analyzing, like, I'm very self-aware and I, I'm aware of what I contribute to the table. It's like you were saying, I'm sorry if I'm being annoying right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other person doesn't find you annoying. Maybe you just think you're annoying yeah. because you're self-aware and you know how you get, how you could get. So you're apologizing out of courtesy and and love just being aware. Yeah, well I only I only started dating again like re- only recently and like what I've been finding is more often than not I'm just overthinking the situation. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like I just am getting in my head about like, wow, I really like this girl and I want them to like me back, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all do that to a degree. And yeah, I think people yeah. forget that too. Like if you're overthinking, chances are the other person is overthinking as well. Yeah, and for sure. So I've also had really bad boundaries with dating and I've now grown to like, know, okay, this is my boundary um, with in terms of like, the relationship style and what I'm actually like doing here emotionally for the other person. Like I will support you. But as soon as I feel like I am babysitting you or I am your therapist Mm -hmm. or I am just pushing you to do things that you all, that will be, will be for your better, but you won't do it. And I, and like, I will not, I'm out. Yeah. I used to do that and it would just drain so much energy. No. You don't want a relationship that's all give for one side and all take for the other. You want some sort of give and take 
two-way street type yeah, thing. And you have every your day, own mental health to worry about. Exactly, as well. exactly. And the thing is, is that it's going to be on different degrees every day. Maybe one day your partner needs you more than you need them, so you have to give 80% and they take... It could be 80-20. It could be 80-20. It could be 70-30. It, it could, could be 100-100. Be it, it could <laughs> be 50-50. You know? Um, and that's what I feel like people put so much expectations on the other person before they actually get to know the other person, yeah. too. And I'm guilty of that, too, sometimes. Me, too. Yeah. I totally am. I, I talk things out. Too. Same. I talk things out now because all you need is a simple conversation and whatever animosity or anxiety or whatever you're feeling inside could be resolved with a conversation because you think you know what the other person is thinking, but you don't. No. You have no clue. At the end of the day, you have to remind yourself that, especially if yes. you don't know mm-hmm. and you actually do not know. You have yeah, to remind yeah, yeah. yourself, okay. Yes, I'd be worried if this happened, but I don't know, and I need a cup of coffee, and I need to distract myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's also like the blind. You know how they say love is blind. I feel like that's the kind of the blindness when it comes to new relationships, especially if you, especially if you establish that emotional connection early on. Mm-hmm. You kind of push yourself into this already established relationship when it's not. You're still learning the other person. Yeah. So how can you anticipate? Anything that the person will say, think, or do. Yeah. And it, you're right. You have to remind yourself every single day yeah. about And it. you have to try to get to know people. And, yes. And, and it gets very easy to, like, meet somebody and have a few very, very giddy, nice conversations yeah. with them and then think that, wow, me and that person have it down. You know? Yeah. It, it gets very easy, easy to do that. And especially in the beginning of a relationship. I mean, it all depends how much you know somebody already. But, like, mm-hmm. nowadays what I'm learning as an adult, the people you end up going out with are people that you may not know very well, you know? Mm-hmm. And there has to be a certain level of getting to know each other without... Hi, I'm Paul. You know what I mean? Like, I think that... <laughs> did you the, did you the, see yeah, the Nickelodeon the, tag? Yeah, the, um, <laughs> I'm sorry if that was illegal. You don't necessarily need to, like, take it all the way back to, like, like, hello, my name is Julio, and, you know, I went here, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Because, um, you know, you, that's basics and everything. But, but at the end of the day, like, I want to know about your day. I want to know what that thought about your day makes you think about. And then I want to know what happens if we start engaging in conversation from there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I don't want there to be an expectation of me showing up. Oh, how was your work? Oh, how was work? Good. Cool. You? Cool. And then <laughs> nothing else is talked about because we already know each other. No, we don't. You <laughs> no, know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, like you want to get you want to get their insight on things. You want to yeah. know you want to know wanna, them on an intellectual level. I just know that there's so much going on in my mind, and that may be a lot of like anxiety based stuff. That might be like a lot of overthinking stuff, whatever. But I know that there's a lot going on in my mind, which means that there has to be a lot going on in somebody else's mind too. Mm-hmm. And and my goal in in these relationships is to truly get to know everything about this person because. That's what's interesting to me. Yeah. You know, I wanna yeah. I wanna I wanna learn what this what makes this person giggle, what makes this person laugh, what makes this person give me that one funny look, you know what I mean? What makes this person mad? Exactly. What makes this person sad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna and, rhyme yeah, now. <laughs> I was about to say what what makes them have the most fun they ever had. Um, yeah, no, exactly. You it's all about the vibe. It's about the vibe and the connection you make. Yeah, for and sure. and like, yes, outside appearances get you in the door. 
because that's human nature. Like you're attracted to people you find physically pleasing. But also at the end of the day, though, if you're vibing with someone on a personal level, that automatically goes to the top of the list. Oh, yeah. But I've, I've dated some really shitty guys who are all about, like, you know, vanity and whatnot. And, and I have been, I have felt like an object oh, yeah. and all of that stuff. But the ones that I have dated that no hard feelings for, but we connected on a level, they're not, they don't look like the guys that I usually go for or the celebrities that I have crushes on. They're the ones that I connect with more on a personal level. And we have similar interests, but also different so that my mind can be challenged. So that my thoughts about the world can be challenged. I want to grow with someone, not drag someone along with me or be dragged by someone. When you, when you grow plants, you water them. That's how they grow. And you care for them. And you stay with them through when they have their down periods. Maybe they're sick for a little bit and you have to you have to look at their leaves that have browned, you know? You care for them, you rehabilitate them, you water them, you nurture them. You have to think of it in terms of growing, and that's what I feel like people are missing. They believe in this idea of, oh, soulmates, or, you know, my other half, or, you know, oh, I want, you know, like a romantic comedy story. Let me tell you, I had the romantic comedy movie. It played out, and then guess what? The credits rolled, and all the other stuff happened after that. Yeah. And, and, you know. I find that whenever I get lost in that that movie. world thinking that you're talking about like I get lost in the movie and I become a Mm. character in it and I stop being present and actually Mm -hmm. accountable for for the mistakes I'm making or or I stop being fully there for somebody and 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 that's not good either, you know what no. I mean? I think if you look at it solely that way, it's nice to feel it sometimes, you know, <laughs> as a cinephile. But it, I, if you stay there only, you know, it just kind of you're missing out, you know. Yeah, you're missing out because you gotta, you know, it sucks, but you know, you have to go through the tough times in order to get to the other side. If you don't, if you don't have the conversations or the tough conversations or go through the tough trials. Let me tell you, I studied film in college, so like every film has a formula. Every film has a formula, and there and stories too, books, everything. They have, they have conflict. Everybody has trials and tribulations to go through, and at the end of romance movies, they they went through that, and now they're happy. But like, the credits don't end in real life. It doesn't go to a blackout. It keeps going as long as you two are alive. And you're going to have tougher trials. You're going to have tougher conversations and situations that need to be addressed and, and, and talked about. And like you said with your friend traveling, you f- it, it's for the better. Mm-hmm. It's for the better. If, if, if my friend and I had not had that conversation, I, I don't think that, not that we would have stopped being friends, you know, but I would never want to travel with this person again. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. I would have stuck with my own emotion that... that I should have talked about. It. I should have like, and that's that's where I was wrong. And then there, that the, creates yeah, resentment. Exactly. I, yep. I, I, and I've noticed that that's a pattern with myself that I that I'm that I've been working on more recently, where where I start getting resentful for things that people didn't even know they did because they did it, and then I got resentful immediately and didn't bring it up to them. You know what I mean? And I think that 
doing that and seeing my trying to see other people's point of view more often and 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 you know what this is what they did okay now what was going through their mind maybe you mm-hmm. know is if this was what was going through their mind from my perspective what this is like this is the reaction that I'm giving to it how valid is this reaction you know am i overreacting am i being uh, not to, not being too emotional but am i taking this too personally you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i'm trying to like actively look at my mindset mm-hmm. and because you know it, it gets very easy especially when your emotions are involved which these days my emotions are, you know, always way too oh, involved. Oh gosh, you know what I mean? everywhere. But, um, Everybody, uh, everywhere. Exactly, and, and you emotions. Get to, the emotions get heightened, you know, and mm-hmm. and you know, you start not lashing out, but but there, you start to it festers. It's it festers, and you start to like kick a little bit, and you start to like like punch a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, one of those hits can land. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and push people away, and and. Make you miss out on the things that you've been looking for that you actually probably could have found with somebody. You if know, you, you know what I mean. If you just had a conversation. If you just had a conversation. If you just, yep. you know, like, like, stated your boundaries. You know what I mean. And mm-hmm. if you and if you worked together to make this plant grow. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now I have some questions for you. Hit me. Okay. So where do you think is the best place to take someone on the first date and why? Well, I would say that in New York, it depends on the season. I think that there's some people that would prefer an expensive first date. And I think that the preferred way for me to go is the not so expensive first date. And I know that there's like the, obviously the incentive of the guy paying and, and it'll be cheaper oh, no. for me and everything. I always but, offer to split the bill. <laughs> and, and, and most women do. And like everybody's like more power to them. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm old fashioned in the, in the sense that the first date I'm still like, no, I got you. I want to show you that I got you because then afterwards it'll be a partnership. But I want you to know that ultimately I got you. You know that I, I think that cafes are a really good spot. Um, bookstores. Um, I oh, think bookstores. that <clears throat> bookstores are nice, especially because awesome. you get to like look at things and learn more about each other's like tastes. And I mean, not only reading, but also like like if there's a I, music section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or like I I I read a lot of dog based books, you know, and I work with dogs, so people. That might not know that about me, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, we'll obviously, they'll ask me what I read, and then we'll learn about each other, and they'll, they'll realize, wow, this boy only reads dog books, that's a red flag. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, if that's a, that's a, t- that's not a, a red flag. It's a yellow flag. It's kind of like <laughs> a, a right, pick up a different kind of book, maybe. No, that's one of the things um, that makes you you. A, a dictionary, maybe. A dictionary. Uh, but I think that nature is also a great first date. Mm-hmm. Um, picnics, uh, whether it be on the beach, whether it be on uh, the, like, <clears throat> parks depends. It's always everybody knows a spot. I have my own spots that I will not be sharing. Um, they're <laughs> mine. <laughs> uh, but, I have my spots too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's nice to be around people, obviously, because, I mean, as a man, it, I, I feel like, if I'm saying, hey, let's be secluded, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like everybody wants to feel safe at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yes. So you're one of those you're one of those people that like is an advocate for like everyday places oh, can yeah. be romantic. Yeah, I'm just Me a, too. I'm a simple kind of guy and, mm-hmm. and I think that if I were to try to city is key. Exactly. If I were to try to take somebody on a lavish first date, 
it wouldn't be true to myself and my own values in the mm-hmm. first place, and it would be me trying to put on a face. And obviously, like, I want to show somebody that I care enough to, like, like buy them a drink or buy them a cup of coffee, buy them a pastry. But I, but I don't feel a need to show them, look how much money I'm making. Yeah, you know I mean? like, that's also another thing. Like, I, I, I there's just so much. It, we live in, in, a, in a consumerist society yeah. oh, so yeah. so through like starting you can you can say from the 80s um we've been taught that what we own is our value and that is totally not true yeah. our value material girl yeah no i i've gone on dates with guys who all they can talk about are you know ooh, i have this watch oh i have this kind of car mm-hmm. and um trying material to impress guy. me with their things and i'm like I'm not impressed by your things. I'm impressed by your heart, how you treat people, how you treat me, um, and how you speak about others. That's what I. That's what I'm looking for. I'm. I, that's what impresses me. I don't care if you have a Maserati. I really don't. Yeah. If you have a Maserati and you're a jerk, goodbye. Yeah. You're not a cool human. Yeah, I, I think that people that see themselves. As a part of the earth and as a part of, like, the same world that I'm in are the people that I'm more attracted to anyways, you know? Anybody that sees themselves as what they own or as, you know, what they feel the need to show off to the world Mm -hmm. only, it bothers me. It shows a lack of self-awareness. It shows a lack of um, self-discovery. And it shows a lack of... Humility. Humility. Humility is something that, for me, like, has always been, like, stomped into me by my... That sounds too aggressive. Has always been (laughs) instilled into me by my parents. Um, Because at the end of the day, like, nobody's going to want to be around you and your your things if you're constantly talking about them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and I think that take joy in your successes, obviously. Mm -hmm. Don't get cocky. Take joy in the things you've earned, don't get cocky. You know what I mean. Yeah. And I think that I think that I think that materialism is kind of like a big red flag in my book. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think that anybody who who is materialistic mm-hmm. and attributes the meaning to their materials based on how expensive it is and how flashy it is are doing it wrong. I think mm-hmm. that it should be on the meaning it gives you. And once it is the meaning it gives you, that's when you start like. That's when I'm like all about it. You know what I mean? That's when I, yeah. I, I encourage it. I want to see, um, I mean, you know, sometimes like, pe- like people wear crystals for, for like beauty purposes, but some people like, like, this is my, this is my necklace that my grandmother gave me mm-hmm. that I want to see. I want, I want to hear about, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to hear about like the, the 15th hundred dollar like necklace that you got. Nobody, yeah. nobody's ever done that to no. me, but, um, thankfully, but <laughs> And I think we kind of answered the next questions just now. Um, my next question was, what do you ultimately look for in a potential partner? You touched upon, like, yeah, you know, humility. I, I, I want a partner. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not looking for somebody to, like, fix me. I'm not looking to fix somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking for somebody who can own up to their flaws mm-hmm. and also accepts me for mine. And I want somebody who... I, I want to be constantly working on myself because I've learned that when I'm not constantly working on myself, then I get complacent and then I start going on, acting on autopilot and mm-hmm. making decisions that I'm not happy with that aren't 
that stray from my values. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I'm going to constantly be working on myself, I want somebody else who is also constantly working on themselves, doesn't see themselves as a finished product and sees themselves as a work in progress or Mm -hmm. sees himself as, you know, like able to be improved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, The truth is we're all works in progress. Yeah, exactly. And and Mm -hmm. I like when people like own up to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think especially this day and age, I think part of being a work in progress is knowing when to take a break from that work. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that I connect more with people who I'm just, I guess I'm a low key hippie. Um, <laughs> no, you're I, not. I'm all about, I'm all about, you know, somebody who wants to experience life together. Mm-hmm. And th- whether that's a first date where we all, we, we both, have a cup of coffee, then go on a long, long, long walk, and then decide, you want ice cream? Okay, let's go get ice cream. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you end up, like, it's late, and, and, and you're walking uh, say, somewhere safe, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, a boardwalk with plenty of lights. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, there's a first kiss, you know. I want that kind of first date. Where, where it feels like a rush, you know what I mean? Rather than the, you know, like the dinner in a movie, and then the, all right, well... Have a good night, miss. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, and I think at the end of the day, all anybody wants is someone that they can have, they can go through life with together and to be accepted and seen for who they are. But a lot of people misplace that, and it's like, no, you must accept me, but I'm not going to accept you, and there's a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, but um, is there anything you would like to tell other single people out there? Keep on chugging. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can get rough. It can get fun. And the, the fun is what, what keeps you going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think that don't hurt people's feelings on purpose. And if you do hurt people's feelings, be okay with apologizing if it comes down to it. I mean, yeah. the same way you deserve closure for anything, other people deserve closure as well. And I think that you shouldn't waste anybody's time. There's a lot of these things that... Yeah, there's a lot of things. Basically, uh, treat people the way you would like to be treated. Exactly. Is the golden rule. To. Yeah, the golden rule. Um, and, you know, if something doesn't work out, it's going to be okay. Yeah, be okay to be, be open to things not working out. Yeah. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, I, I know some people are of the mentality, I don't need any more friends or I have enough friends. But, but I think it's nice to have friends. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that if it doesn't work out and you could be friends, that's great. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you've connected with somebody on a deeper level and that's perfect groundwork for a great friendship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like it'd be a waste if you just let that go. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, to be open to new friends and to be open to new people and experiences, you also have to accept the fact that when things don't work out, maybe you you're you will feel heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And the thing that makes people strong is not only vulnerability, but it's like we were saying, to get back out there. Yeah. And to pick yourself back up again. Um, I have been through heartache. Um, I have been through numerous, obviously, I mean, I'm single. I've been through, (laughs) I've been through, um, numerous getting back up there phases, um, and feeling sad and everything. But I I mean, I do think it's possible. You just got to embrace everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the dirty, realize that it's possible that the bad things will happen, but if you don't take the risk to actually try, you won't you won't ever see the beautiful, the beautiful 
good that could be your future with someone. Yeah, I think that I think it's always the what have what could have been that kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a really hard mindset to get out of. But you know, I mean, I still I still feel that with when I think about some of my past relationships, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, well, what could have what we could have been? What we could have been? Because you know, sometimes it's cut off before you ever get the chance to even get a nibble of yeah, what it could and be that like. Feeling sucks, and it sucks. And I've been through it, Dude. and and I'm not gonna let it stop me though, because I know, you know, there is happiness in relationships out there. And if I end up being single when I'm older and never married, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay. With being a single elderly woman. Like, I am so for it. I always joke that I'm going to be, you know, like my favorite singer out there. Because she's married to her work, essentially. Um, I'm not sure if I can say her name because of the podcast. But, you know, I always joke that I'm going to be a spinster. But, and with my cats. And I am fully happy with that um, because I know that I have loved in my life. If I have experienced love in any kind of form, a romantic form, I can die knowing that at one point in my life I experienced love because that was a big fear of mine for a long time. Never experiencing true reciprocated love in life. And the fact that you 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 have at some point in your life that's beautiful it's sad that it's over but it's beautiful you've done it yeah i think that it's important to um you know grab those core memories of feeling in love or feeling deep love and remind yourself of that when when you get in your lows of lows i mean i mean personally like i i i i don't think I'll always be alone. I think that, I mean, maybe call it, call it my cynicism, but I think that <laughs> like what I've experienced is just being in a constant, what I've experienced recently, uh, or in, in, not recently, but in my like recent love lives uh, of the past 10 years, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, what, what I've learned is that I've just been in kind of this cycle of loving and riding that love and then moving on from it and then riding a new love and then moving on from it. And at each end, they just, you know, sometimes you ask yourself, like, did I give up too early? Sometimes you ask yourself, what could have been if if we kept going? And, and, And there were these big issues, but could we have made it? And I think that I'm better for those moments that I've been able to say I love you for the first time and hear it back but I think that I'm just a sucker for 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 the cycle of of hearing it over and over again from somebody you know and Mm -hmm. I think that ultimately I would love to have somebody say it back to me and it be the same person and me always mean it and me always feel it and and they always mean it yeah and Mm -hmm. I think that because I've been part of this cycle of loving and feeling and then like evaluating and letting things rest i think that that's prepped me for for now me fully re-re-entering the dating scene and being able to understand if things don't have a future and not 
letting myself be strung along or not letting myself string along other people in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this was a very deep episode of madness and sweetness and messiness <laughs> and beauty. If you're single out there, keep going. Find it in yourself to keep trying because you have to keep trying in order to filter out the bad ones. Yes. And that is what we often forget. We expect that, you know, that guy or that girl will just come out of nowhere and sweep us off our feet and that's it. We'll be with them forever. But just like everything, you have to you have to try and try and try. Yeah. Call us at five 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 keep trying. <laughs> Um, if you resonated with this episode, uh, you will see a link in the description for my personal Spotify playlist of love songs. They are songs that make me giddy and totally just feel all the feels, um, the romantic feels, and um, listen for your enjoyment. Also, if you feel like you resonated and this and this episode helped you in any way, subscribe to my newsletter. I send out little tidbits of thoughts and advice and my own personal stories that could hopefully help you in some shape or way or form. Um, please click the link in the description at www.amandamontoni.com and you just got to subscribe. A little thing should pop up or you can also go to the bottom of the page. Thank you, Julio, so much. And thank you so much, Amanda. You're and w- <laughs> viewers at home. Listeners. Listeners at home. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And bye-bye, guys. Have a great, sweet day and find the little nuggets of joy in the madness. Yum. Wow, what an episode with Julio. I learned so much from his perspective, and I hope you guys did too. If you liked this episode, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, leave a comment on my Instagram at amanda.montoni. We love you all. I love you all. There's always sweet things happening in the madness. See you soon. Bye-bye.